Another episode of Super Catch Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Chris. And I'm Swizz. And thank you for joining us. This is the team by team analysis series bringing you the Richmond Tigers. And uh, boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, oh boy, Swizz is extremely excited to talk about the Tigers. But let's not get anything confused here, Swizz. The Tigers this year probably have as much Super Coach relevance as North Melbourne have had for the previous two years. Chris, I see two premiums that are relevant, two forwards that may be fairly relevant, and the rest of it is a whole bunch of nothing and I don't knows. But I'm really interested to see what I don't even see two premiums. I see one mid-pricer and one one premium. Actually, yeah, you're correct. Uh, It's going to be interesting, but we'll we'll move on to it. Before we move on, SC Insider 100, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Also, all the audio platforms as well. So Spotify, SoundCloud, etc. You name it. And on the YouTube, just search for us. Super Catch Insider. Like, subscribe. Hit us those 2,000 followers. And um, make sure you like, follow, play those ads. Play them twice. Log on your missus phone. Play those ads again. And um, I don't think that's optional. They <laughs> don't let you do that. Summer, you can let it run. Just let it run. Um, Swizzy, talk about the Tigers, mate. What's their draw like? And um, the year of prospects. Let's buckle in, guys. Five-hour show ahead of us. So, <laughs> Richmond finished seventh, and that uh, 12 wins, one draw, 11 losses percentage. <laughs> Ben's, Ben's oh, already passed it. <laughs> he said buckle in for five hours. I've got yeah, a new yeah. board. I was like, right, I'm getting comfy. <laughs> percentage of 121.6, so that was huge. Defeated Brisbane. Oh, what a great win that was throughout the season. Seven goals down. <laughs> came from the clouds. Are you talking um, about the first elimination final? Is that? No, we'll get to that later. Um, oh, right. Beat. Beat the pies easy as well, the doggies. So, yes, that was all the good. Five losses under a goal plus a draw. So couldn't play four quarters regularly. Got ran over in the second half. Um, Some injuries had um, some effect on those games. Uh, Richmond, number one team in attack and the ninth best defend fence. Uh, Turned up 11 times with a high score of 165. Two of those 100 scores came in losses, but so conceded scores of 89 and above 10 times. Great attack. Just can't uh, defend. So have gone out and recruited for their midfield, which was their biggest issue. Taranto and Hopper has come in to solve that. How does the rest of the team now line up? Your Dusty's, Boltons, Cochins, um, do they go up forward? What what happens to Jaden Short? Uh, so ranked third for experience, fourth for age, right in the prime there. And realistically, probably, you know, if they won some of those games against you know, crap teams like North Melbourne and you know the Gold Coast half the siren, Fremantle had the chance after the siren, probably should have put themselves in position for top four last year. You know, didn't, and then had that uh, awesome match with the Lions up in the Gabba, which you know it's swung back and forward all day, and the Lions were just just got over the line there. So ins and outs. Let's start with that. Got uh, up by the slimmest of um, coats of varnish on the goalpost. Yeah. Uh, just, just thought I'd mention that they've really solved their problem of um, having the num- being the number one team in the AFL for Clangers by going and recruiting the number one player in the AFL for Clangers. So that was really good of Richmond. Well done. But well done. the number one team in the tax, it clearly makes no difference to how we play. 
just it actually no, it, it probably just helps us even further. It's great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well done. <laughs> so we've got uh, <laughs> Seth Campbell, rookie draft. Steely Green, a big fan of Steely Green, uh, number 55 draft pick. Uh, played in the Waffle last year. Made his senior debut. I think it was – I think it's Perth, but correct me on that, on what, what team it actually was. But I know he had a game where he got 31 touches late in the season. Um, so, yeah, another little inside midfield Five hours, there. you said? Uh, Jacob Hopper and Timmy Taranto <laughs> through trade from the GWS. Caleb Smith, number 49 pick, and Tyler Young through the rookie draft. Out went Jake Arts. Josh Cady retired. Collier Dawkins also delisted. Shane Edwards retired. Kane Lambert retired. Will Martin delisted. Matt Parker delisted. And Sydney Stack delisted. So a bit of experience there. A couple of premiership stars, including Shane Edwards, who was probably the fourth musketeer in that midfield during our premiership reign. Um, so, yeah, so some experience has gone out the door there. But naturally, with Taranto and Hopper coming in on long-term deals, has solved a lot of Richmond's issues now. Fixture. Plays twice. Um, so the, the tough games were Melbourne, Sydney, Port Adelaide and St Kilda and the Bulldogs, but then have West Coast as well. But So that's a pretty tough draw for your doubles. Uh, first four, not too bad. Carlton in that home and away start to the season where we usually win. Um, and then, Port, uh, then we've got Adelaide, Collingwood and then the Bulldogs. Last three are Saints, North Melbourne and Port Adelaide. Round 15 by. Uh, so that that's it's not the easiest fixture, but you know it's uh, when you're going to be one of the tire up teams, you're always going to have a tougher fixture in that, and you know they'll back themselves <laughs> to win majority of those games. Premiums, where do we begin? Well, we probably we'll start with the one who isn't a premium, but he's obviously the most expensive. We'll get onto Timmy in a minute, but we'll start off with Jaden Short only because he was in order. He, he was a bit more expensive. The fourth, the five forty three. Unfortunately, he is starting the year as a midfielder, so he's a non-starter in our teams. However, just want to talk about maybe potential role or what what are you thinking there, even kind of what, like draft or and, and everything around that because I know it's kind of the McGrath factor for you last year, Ben, where, you know, what happens if they don't get defender status? Do we think short goes back to defence and, and will that become an option where you have to keep a spot available for him, Chris? So I um, was looking at short as an option to potentially start in midfield and hopefully if he's starting in that back line again, he just rolls straight into that really great averaging super coach role, et cetera. Um, and I actually still potentially would look at that. His price is a little bit rough though at 543. It's just like sort of stuck straight in the middle there and you've got other guys around that price in midfield that you just can't really – just throw that money away with. The problem is in the intra club, he's actually been playing in the in the guts. So how like unless he comes, that could change, obviously. So, you know, intra clubs, you still need eight midfield, you know, six midfielders or whatever. Like you, you're not that's still gonna happen. So are they just playing him in the midfield in the intra clubs? Or does he come in the preseason game and starts going back into halfback? Because that is a key difference. Um, the one we don't know yet. I think he provides something very different to Taranto and Hopper. Uh, Cochin's already been rumored, you know, talking about playing forward more. So I think when you kind of look at those dynamics and, you know, you have a couple of guys who are great at getting that contested ball and the rest of it, then wouldn't you, I think you could really use a, a short, kind of like a crisp or someone like that, 
to use it on the outside and actually have a long penetrating kick because it goes from a center bounce to pretty much right close near the full forward line, which is absolutely ridiculous. And if it goes out forward of the stoppage, he's well within range straight away. So I think he's a very damaging player. I just hope that maybe he has enough defensive side of things to get that DPP again. But Swizz, I do agree with you. It's a, it's a big risk even in drafts at the moment. Get a better idea on these practice games as far as the percentage. But I took Mer- uh, McGrath at a higher average than I should have, expecting him to go as a defender status. And in the end, all I got was like an 87 average mid, which was an absolute flop because I picked him at like 90s for a defender. And I got a low 80 mid and it just cooked me. Well, one thing I want to ask you, Swizz, just before we move on, because I think that these guys are related. Nick Vlosten's actually the highest averaging player last year. Now, he averaged, so he averaged 99.6 uh, at, uh, at Richmond. He didn't start the season until round five, but the, se- the game that he started was the exact same game that Jaden Short, uh, actually, no, a few games later, it was, it was two rounds later that he, start, he started um, playing midfield in round seven. And so after that period, so basically Vlosten came in, he got a 98, and then he got a 155 out of nowhere, and then he got kickouts. He actually ended up being the uh, biggest kickout taker for them um, with Jaden Short just not returning any kickouts at all. Nathan Broad took some kickouts, took, ended up taking 41 for the year, um, and Rioli ended up taking 41 also. But Jaden Short took 49 last year. So that they distributed mainly to to Vlosten. is is he now a, a premium option potentially? He's still I, a slightly he's a hundred you know he's not cheap. Yeah, but I do don't think, think so, there's more I in that. I don't pick? think he's got any more improvement in him. Um, he always seems to pick up injuries as well, so that is always a concern. But I think Vlosten, that ninety nine hundred, it's probably where his max is at. Um, yeah, I mean, he came in what, the problem, five, the, six the games hard, last year. So he short, short's different because of the way he uses the ball. So he's got the – we always know he's got the potential to go 105, 110 if he was permanently playing in a halfback role because they'll go through him. Where Vlosten, Baker and Rioli, the way they set up down there, I think it's more um, – we talk about sort of Fremantle and having sort of too many cooks in the kitchen. Um, on any given day, one of those is going to pop up and have a really good score for you. And I can see all three of them sort of going between that 85 and 100 mark. But which one is it going to be that particular week? Um, so I don't think well, like you'd be happy to pick him up in a draft, but I don't see any meat on the bone at all. I think in 99, you're probably even paying, maybe if it's overs for Boston, he's probably maybe a 95 guy this year. You'd think Baker and, and um, Rioli probably slightly get better. We've lost and might slightly come down a bit. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. I do think it's a little bit overs. Um, he did play on though from his kickings ninety two percent of the time, so that that's a good stat. Ultimately, you need short back there. Short is a is a premium if he's played back there. What one hundred and ten average is what we predicted, but he's never been able to sustain it for a full season playing in that role as the sole distributor. You know, last year, of course, so not the just gone the year before. Uh, Hewley was there as well, taking up a lot of those uh, points from him. Um, he comes in. It, obviously, in the first seven rounds, he actually did perform quite well. Um, what was his average in those first? Uh, you've probably got those splits there, Ben. What were the um, the first split averages and then the, se- the supplementary second and third? 
Uh, okay, so we had a 104.3, I think it is, for the first – no, 111.8, sorry, first seven. Yeah. And that's his testament because that round eight is when he went into the midfield. Mm. Um, no, I, I lie, actually. I think round seven was when he went into the midfield, was it? Well, five, six, seven. There we go. Let me just double check. Yeah, round we, seven. We but then he had that big one game, right? Remember he went like 150 that first game? in the midfield, and then completely died in the ass. So that probably actually inflated his, um, his, back, his, his, his defensive average. But I still think that he's definitely a very good choice if he gets that role. I just don't think that he's going to get it at this point in time. Yeah, I so, think uh, with the options, and we all thought it was going to happen because once Hawley retired, it was going to be Short's back line. But then kind of just the way it worked out with – you know, injuries and stuff, they've moved short there. And Rioli, kind of a career-saving move for him, has gone down to the back line. And he's looked, uh, you know, really good in that sort of position. So, Benny? I think I think Rioli's been the biggest factor in, in possibly that change. Because, again, you talk about revitalizing his career. He has, de- he has been very serviceable and quite damaging Rioli in that defensive line. So then you kind of go, okay, well, hey, if this is where his best footy is, and let's put him in, in that position and then short – Mate, you're flexible enough. We can push you in other areas, and you can you, know, you can do some defense if we need to, or you can play up on that midfield, or even get on the outside. I think it's probably yeah. that's probably the reason. I mean, Jeffrey below Ollie's, average forward, below Ollie's. average forwards are really great halfbacks. Ask Cam Rayner. <laughs> hey, soon to be. Maybe he will. What did um? <laughs> hey, Rioli averaged uh, ninety two. So there you go. Cam Rayner averaged yeah, ninety two point one or above. Uh, what was Rioli's last seven average there, Benny Boy? You haven't oh. flipped it over for us on the spreadsheet, so that's um, right. Rioli, hey, so let me have a quick yeah. look. Uh, 98.4, yeah, and that was a, a, a 64. And I think the game before that seven cuts out, he got a 127. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. yeah, had a 127 I, before that, too. I do see so, Dan Rioli in some teams, but he suffers from that same factor that all the other 500k uh defenders do. Mm. In that, if you can't see them averaging 110. Yep. Don't even bother. Yeah, There's five guys that did it last year. So your threshold is picking a underpriced premium. This is why I personally don't have Dacos right now. Don't get me wrong. I think that everything going right for Dacos, he can average you 115. Like, honestly, he's that good. But the, he needs to be averaging 110 or close to it to be in that top six conversation in defense. And if you can't see them, I'm not, sure, I'm not entirely sure why you're picking him. Like, why are you picking a guy that might average you 100? Yeah. What's Sorry, the point Benny, of that? There's a world, as I said, Rioli, Baker, Foston, they could all average 100. Like, it's not out of the question in that. But, um, yeah, I think it's not going to – Then, as you said, they're not going to be top six. They're all going to be around the, that mark. Not even probably going to be even top 10, yeah, really. top 10, like, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind a player that's around that 500k if you think they're going 100 to 105. Uh, you know, talk about pushing them to your D6. You know, we've had periods where we had uh, like crisp and stuff fall off a ledge, but I still scored pretty well for the whole season. So I know that's where you want them to be. But anything under a hundred's a definite foul, and ideally you want them to be hitting 105 as your D6 because when you talk about price you paid, it's like during the season someone's averaging you 100 to 105 and they've dropped down to 500,000. You're looking at them, right? So and then yeah, I'd target those other 110 average players to kind of really fill my side uh, because you might not be able to afford them in the full capacity during the season. 
The, the other I, thing I, that... I feel it. And, and we're talking a lot about Richmond's offenders, but they have been the premiums for Richmond for so long because we don't win centre clearances. We, we get the ball back from half back and we surge forward. But that could change now because they've actually got a midfield. So Prestia, who's mm. been this real... Like, I know everybody says Dusty this, Dusty that. But realistically, Dusty, what, it's been two years since he's really played pure midfield. And he's a centre clearance that, player, not a round-the-ground round the clearance that's player. That's right. So... Um, yeah, Presti has pretty well had a lone handed there for the last couple of years, and Presti doesn't get on the park that much. So now all of a sudden, Richmond actually have two midfielders who potentially can win the ball around the ground and at centre clearances. So does that completely change the amount of ball that these half backs like? Does that change Richmond's game plan completely now? And is it going to be, you know, Hopper, Taranto, Presti are short around this ball all the time? And, you know, Rioli, Baker, Floston aren't going to come into the play as much as we used to. Uh, so that that could be that could affect them to come back to a ninety, you know, sort of average. Oh, obviously. Well, I suppose that's probably a good segue to move into the two guys. Yeah, which the is two Taranto the two main and, guys. Yeah, so Taranto and Hopper, and and the the biggest the biggest thing is that um, Richmond have literally come out and said they are going to be our two primary midfielders, and they are adjusting everything else. So if you take take this with actual fact, Cochin's played literally out of the forward line in the last three intra-clubs, he had 74% CBAs, which led the club. That was, That's more than Nan Curvis. Nan Curvis only had 69% as a ruckman. Um, so the next next midfielder down was Dion Presti with 66% and Thompson Dow, 56%. <laughs> so then you got Shea Bolton, um, well, RCD. RCD's obviously not there anymore. Yeah, yeah Dusty's... Are we done with like? Is Dusty still that centre bounce that can go forward? I'm I'm not really. D- Dusty's sure. only going to go thrown get get thrown in there when he has to. Yeah. Apparently, Dusty is extremely fit this preseason, but again, they've actually come out saying that his role is uncertain. He could play more forward time, but then again, as they're going to kind of let's get him into the season, let's you know let him enjoy himself, see how things progress, and then they might change him throughout the season. Dusty yeah. pretty well, and we saw it. Um, I think Grimo and I, the best example of that was Richmond Hawthorne, where that wasn't a uh, Hawthorne were pretty competitive last year, and especially quite a lot of games. And every time they kind of got close, Dusty just put himself where the contest was, uh, and would yeah win the contest. He keep two or three big goals there, and then he would run off and have his have his break. So it was more a case of okay, we need you right now, or he knew the situation. I need to get in there that or push somebody else out and i think that'll be just the same again dusty knows when he needs to get in there and that but other games he'll just be like yeah i'll just sit here at full forward and, and keep don't keep like they've got shea bolton's good enough to be that striker anyway yeah like they don't really need dusty in that mix anyway don't get me wrong he's great as a luxury like a little bit like fife right now yeah i can see fife going in and having a pinch hit every now and then but there's not going to make an impact in cbas he's not going to push anybody out I see, you know, I see Shay. Yeah, had Shay had fifty six percent. I can't see that going down. I think that they probably maintain that. Um, one I'd like to see with more, but they may not need him anymore. Is Jack Graham? I think that he's a fantastic footballer, and he, I think he works better out out of midfield than he does in the forward line. But everyone has their own opinion on that. Um, but there's definitely the room, and so if if they're one and two, I want to know what that mid split is like because obviously Richmond have had a very long history of having quite a large amount of guys running through that midfield rotation. So does this settle them down? Is that, that, that do they say, okay, we've got Prestia, we've got Hopper, we've got um, Taranto. We don't really need 
all of these other guys coming in. And that's where I think that maybe Jaden Short is playing halfback. Maybe that no, is see, a thing. I think, we I just think don't know yet. I think it's the opposite there, Chris. I think the way they're looking at it is probably Short is the fourth midfielder. So you've probably got Prestia, Taranto, Hopper starting. Short comes off the bench and is the legit fourth rotation midfielder. Yes, Benny Boy. Poor Graham. Poor Graham. We just did the Port Adelaide podcast, come straight into Richmond. If the rivalry couldn't be bigger, you know, pretty much go, hey, we're interested in you guys. You know, like, oh, yeah, no worries. Let's check your options. Goes, you know, goes and does a fitness test or whatever. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, Francis wants to come here. <laughs> Push to the sides. <laughs> See you later. It's like walking in, like, oh, I might just buy. Actually, I really like these shoes. Then you look across the road, oh, sale. And then you just barge someone over to get out there. Yeah, exactly. Because the guy's won a flag. Yeah, came in the scenes. Our best tackler, like, you know, he lays his 10 tackles a game. But unfortunately, it's just, you know, the way it is and they needed some classy clearance players in there. So Hopper, 46% right now, Taranto, 48%. And we'll throw Taranto, uh, Hopper in this premium discussion, even though he's a mid-pricer who's, you know, the whole idea of him is just to make cash for us. But it's just the fact that, you know, he's a 330-guy playing you know, probably is Richmond's number one midfielder, and then Taranto is Richmond's number two or three midfielder um, in there. So I think it's a case of Hopper. Hopper's definitely the one I would nearly expect nearly everybody to have come round one. And that for 330, you're getting a guy who's starting in the midfield, you know, first first bounce every game and that. So it's hard to sit there and ignore him. And it's not about him going 110. It's him getting going his 100 to make us cash. And then come buy time, hopefully he gets all the way through to the buyers and then he becomes whatever Petrarca or Zach Merritt or whichever one this year drops down and he becomes an easy trade. So Yeah, he'll I, be I just, worth 500, maybe yeah. 520, 530. That's right. Buy. That's, that's what his job is and that and we all know. And that's make us 200K. He's getting points on field for us. And then, yeah, it's just an easy swap for whatever M8 that's dropped down for us. It's, like, it's, it's just a no-brainer there for Hopper. And Taranto, before I throw over to you there, Benny, that you know, we know he's had his issues with like kicking the ball and that, but I think GWS they play the way they play, it didn't probably suit him because you know he, he does butcher the ball going forward and that where Richmond it's never been the case. Like, yeah, okay, Tommy Lynch would prefer a silver service and that and you know what Dusty and Bolton will give him. But Richmond's always had that sort of mosquito fleet. Uh, you know, you've got Morris Riola Jr., Cumberland, um, Castagna down there. Shy Bolton's going to play a lot. Dusty probably doesn't care. The ball comes rolling into him. And that's so Taranto wins the clearance, butchers the ball forward. Well, most likely it's either going to hit a Richmond player, you know, running up um, there, or they're going to tackle and put pressure on and keep the ball back in there and, and then sent about, uh, you know, thrown up again and Taranto, Hopper, do your work. So, um, I, th- I think it's probably a positive thing for him. And, yeah, he's been super fit. I think he won the 2K time trial. His first, you know, they, they were doing extra work before a lot of the boys got there. And that. So, you know, he's super fit. And I think there's also been that thing where, you know, your Richmonds, your Collingwoods, Brisbane, another example, who their medical teams have been way ahead of some of these other, like your Gold Coast and GWS and that, and it's shown like Tom Lynch has probably been on the park more than when he was at the Suns. You know, um, there's been plenty of players that have moved from those expansion clubs who have definitely, um, they've got more football out of them going to some of these clubs that have the better setups and better medical teams. And I think that'll be the situation with Taranto. I think Hopper is probably one of the, the easiest ones. And again, basically, ba- 
the last buy plus the fact that he should score well enough to hold you and you don't even have to really worry about him. He just chips away and gets his like 100 or near 100, whatever that may be, under or over for the whole season. And then you upgrade at the best time he has his buy. Wonderful. See you later. Move on. And it's the ultimate decision. The only one, I've actually seen a few people toying up not starting him. And the only way I could actually see a team without having Hopper is if they're going the extra premium. And it goes, oh, I could have Hopper or I could have a McRae. Now, that's the only reason. I'm not saying it's the right reason because I'd much rather have a guy, probably the best mid-pricer for the whole season um, in my side and get me that premium. But I've seen people, yeah, avoiding him as well. So, uh, yeah, mm, avoiding him is dumb. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, There's no starting – what what the biggest rule right now in preseason is value. If you're missing a value that everybody has, you're you're starting this season 150k behind Daniel. You may as well just take 150k out of your starting side and throw it away because that's essentially what you're doing. It's the dumbest idea that I, I understand wanting to fit a fifth premium, but you don't have to have it in midfield. You can have that premium in that other spot and have that have half hopper. You should start your team with the guys that are going to make you the cash and then fill everybody else in, not the other way around. Don't squeeze guys out that are going to actually impact your team positively. That makes no sense to me. I, I understand if it's a, a speculative mid-pricer. So if recently I've been looking at um, transitioning out, say, a Hunter Clark and a, and a Dom Sheed to get a premium in. Those guys are more speculative mid-prices. This guy is guaranteed to make money. There's no way he doesn't make money. He makes minimum 100 grand, and I would say that's very light. And I think that the likelihood is it's 150 plus because his previous history says that. Now, I'm not worried about him making that money. There's two reasons why. First and foremost, Richmond was 16th in clearances. That can only improve with them in the side. He doesn't rely on spread points. He's an inside contested player to get his points. So, therefore, I'm not crazy about the game style is going to impact it. That's not going to change. There might be less stoppages, which could have a slight impact, but the one that I'm worried about from a scoring perspective in terms of not necessarily getting to where we think he's going to get is Taranto because he's, I see him as that sort of 105 to 110 max potential. Now, the reason why I'm not necessarily positive that he gets to that point is because he's that sort of 45 lead up. He plays, he's a box to box mid. What I mean by that is when he plays football, he goes between the arcs constantly getting and linking up play. That is what he. That is how he gets all of his possessions, linking the play through that. If there's a mark Toronto? on... Yes. Okay. If there's a mark on the halfback flank, he's pushing towards that 45 angle to get that little cheap hit-up kick to then dispose of it again. This is how he gets all of his disposals, that very short lead-ups and things like that. He's a mark-and-kick type player. Like how sort of Rockcliffe used to get his points. That's how he plays. It's kind of like Brayshaw as well, but Brayshaw also has a lot of tackles, which Taranto can do from time to time, but Long story short, Richmond don't necessarily play that way. Richmond played the long kicks, you know, go down the line. If it's fast, it's fast. They're going to move through the midfield through forward handball and not necessarily through kicking short at a 45. They don't generally do that unless there's a clear opportunity to then play on from that kick and then, you know, use the forward handball to get momentum through that, that center corridor. That is a completely different way to how GWS have played the last few years. So I'm slightly worried that that 
is taken out of Toronto's game and he doesn't necessarily get the points that he needs to on a regular basis, he's not getting the possessions. He's not getting 30 possessions a game to get the 105 like he like he does need to. And trust me, Toronto's the sort of player that, and this is why sort of a Mitchell is also in that sort of similar boat in that, that a lot of his points are from those little cheap possessions at little 45 kicks. How do they get to that point? It's very, very much a attrition of possessions. It's 30, 35 possessions. And I'm getting 105, 110, 115, as opposed to I got 25 and, you know, 20, 20 disposals were effective and therefore I scored really well. He needs a lot of possessions to score well. And I'm not sure he can quite get there. So it's a question mark for me. That's not saying he's not in my team. I'm just saying that if I see the the point where I don't think that I think there's another top six forward available that is going to offer me better value, I may even look to sideways him at his buy. It could be an yeah. option. I yeah, he's so, not going to lose cash. No, he's not. But he could not. be one so, that I might sideways out of. The 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 two I'll go I'll, I'll cover them before we move on to the next players. But yeah, so for Hopper. And I think some people are looking at going last year, only 67, didn't play that many games. That. But you've got to remember, GWS had about 15 midfielders trying to run through there. The year before, when he did get the opportunity to play more midfield, and that's before really Tom Green and you know, his first year, and you know, they didn't have like likes of your Finn Callahans and these new kids, and Kelly was playing full forward, and you know, and I think he maybe Canelio had some injuries. So Hopper that year scored, I think it was 11 tons, six of them over 110. So when he has that role, and now Richmond have said he is the number one guy, and that Hopper can't will be able to produce 110 scores. That so he there's just that that's just an exclamation mark has to be on your side. It's either M5 or M6 depending on how deep you want to go. And that so that's just anyone listening out there that doesn't have Hopper change it on that. What do you mean, Toronto? You are correct on that, um, but again. Because he was pushed at half forward a lot of the time, because against yeah. the, the the depth of that Giants midfield, uh, that now you know Richmond actually finally have an accumulator in there. We haven't had an accumulator. Um, you know, it's. It, I think you'd have to go. He back does to get when to the right spots. I'm not saying he it. doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to think about probably when Cochin sort of did it, and I think there will be a little bit of game plan changing now because Richmond actually have the cattle. Dimmer's only able to work for the cattle that they, you know, he's had. So where Richmond didn't have those sort of accumulator types, so it was all, you know, panic footies, you know, smash it forward and that, get the smalls involved. Where now they've got a couple of bigger body, big balls. So Taranto, I think, you know, be at the coalface most of the time. And if it's kicking, quick kicks out or handballs or whatever, and that I can see him, you know, getting his 20, being the guy that gets the 25, 30 each week. And I know what you're saying about the you know, the sort of hit-ups and stuff, but yeah, there will still be plenty of time he's going to be around the ball. And I feel like it'll be a little Jackson McRae-like and that, that the amount of times he'll just be able to get, you know, the handball from Hopper, kick it forward, that sort of situation. Yeah, I've seen McRae kick around his body two metres off the ground and hit someone 40 metres away in the wet. Yeah, I'm not saying he's going to kick like McRae. McRae's one of the best <laughs> field kicks in the league. And that, what I'm saying, you'll get that, you know, McRae, though he can win his own ball, gets that handball sometimes with Libra or, you know, Bont we, or whatever, we, and then he kicks it. Can we not talk about McRae? Because I feel like every time I talk about McRae, I want to have him in my team again. Yeah. And I, I don't think I can, I don't, I don't even know if I want to watch 
Western Bulldogs games, even though I've got Bont, <laughs> because I'm not sure I can I can cope watching yeah. McRae just bullet passes. No, 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 no. Richmond Pop, we'll get to the Bulldogs soon. We'll get to the Bulldogs. Actually, that's a really good question. Who is the biggest tempt temptress? The tempt player at the moment who you you don't have, but the mm-hmm. second it looks like I'm they show a the glimpse Richmond of Pod talking about you, know, you, you, you buddy there. But it's a great question. Who is it? Yeah, who know. is it? Uh, a few. It's someone. It's someone. No, I mean, in general, Richmond, I'm, sure. I'm not asking oh. you boys. I'm saying the, oh, the no, public message us. Well, well, maybe we'll discuss that on another pod. So, okay, so you got those two highly owned. Then it really drops down for Richmond. Eleven percent have Dusty. Just take him out. Like, no, nah, just don't, don't and, even and bother. Shay Bolton's at six percent, and that he's he's not value at the moment, and that we don't know the role. And I think he's quite. Ah, uh, his role's not going. Up. He's not. He's not getting better, right? No, he's so not. he's not going up, he, he, and he wasn't really a premium. He potentially. Then, so. Could be one of those guys that kicks forty goals, fifty goals, and that is that you know better small forward playing down there all the time. Because who's lining up on him? Was he getting defender number five, and that set up like you're going to have Lynch, Jack, Dusty, Cochin, and then it'll be like Cumberland, Gustav. So he probably might get the fourth best defender or fifth. But I I would say that he would get in that sort of scenario. I'd be marking. Him much more than I would. You would, you would, but you got to mark Dusty and you got to mark Jack and and Tommy Lynch. Oh different, yeah, yeah, different types yeah, of defenders. Right. I mean, that's like he'd, the, the, he'd the get tall the second would get best number one. Yeah. yeah, he'd get the uh, second, but yeah, Dusty would get the first best small. You and and, which, and can you really put? But then can you really put a small on Dusty? Like it's going to be interesting how that forward line because there's a lot of experience in that. It's one of the most experienced forward lines probably going here. Yeah, I mean, it depends on depends on who that that small defender is. Like if it's if it's Stasovic, if it's you know Braden Maynard, I'm fine with those guys on Dusty. It might be something there about Richmond this year to watch um, how, and I think Geelong have this sometimes too. That you know some of those defenders don't score that well, um, you know, the, like those half halfback flanks that usually can run around and do whatever they want. They're going to have to play more D this year um, if you're playing against a Richmond because you know you, if you give Bolton any space and that it, he's just going to destroy you. So you got those two. We move on, and even the rookies. There's not a lot to talk about rookies wise. Um, the one I do like is Samson Ryan. Um, I think. Because now, you know, there's no child there after last year. But Richmond really don't have too many other key forwards. You know, Ben Miller can swing forward. We know Noah Bolton can. But they're, um, they are shorts and tools. And even their rucks, it's literally um, Nank, Soldo, and then, you know, I think it's Big Mate who's, you know, played a little bit of VFL. So Samson Ron, I think this year will get some games. When that happens, I don't know. So he's the one I've been trying to start ahead of Madden if I can find the extra 20K because I think at some point throughout the year, especially if like Jack, what's Jack now, 34, 35, he's got to come in at some point and, uh, you know, play some, even if it's some forward. But then a bit like Charlie Comden, like how well is he going to score? So, but if we want a warm body, um, definitely could be an option because he's got that ruck forward eligibility. So it's him, and I think Steely Green will get a game at some point throughout the year. But they're they're the kind of they're the only real two. But then Richmond do have a habit of playing rookies, so they're probably somebody who's come comes from nowhere. But the difference this year, we know they've already got the two big dogs coming in. Um, there might not be as a you know a spot there for some of these young fellas. You got anything to add to those rookie chats, boys? Uh, honestly, not really. I, don't, I think that you're spot on. I mean, they've they've added two, you know, 
essentially premium midfielders there, which is going to block any potential incoming picks to be like, oh, we're going to develop these guys. And they haven't had obviously some decent draft picks in quite a while. So, And they've just traded the, all of them away. So, yeah, I'm not really – I'm looking at their, their rookies and going, yeah, well, that makes sense. Unless there's something that comes out of nowhere, like a real bolter. Like uh, yeah, maybe yeah, Judson well, Clark. We, we had it last more. year where – well, they, yeah. over the last two years, we've had Gipkis, Clark, you know, Cumberland, Volta. Yeah. Um, so Ralph they've, sorry, Ralph Smith as well. Ralph Smith. So they've actually played a lot of these guys, Morris Rioli, and that. So all the rookie guys over the last and the high picks over the last couple of years, um, yeah, they've got all their games. So now they're they're all awkwardly awkwardly priced two fifty to sort of four hundred. So yeah, it makes it really difficult to, and. and now that Richmond have kind of gone that little mini rebuild to go again, um, yeah, we've, we're probably not going to see that situation. So, yeah, it's really apart from the two big dogs, it's more than draft relevance and draft smoke. Do you think, and um, with Samson Ryan, do you think that uh, with that two ruck system with the Soldo and Nank, are they the type that if one of those goes down, that he will come in and they won't go with just the one ruck and then get a Lynch or a Rewalt as a chop out or? What do you think? It depends on, I guess, who's fit in the back line because I know they were using Ben Miller sometimes as that uh, as that player. And then, you know, Noah Bolter has been the swing man. Like, in a perfect so world, I would yeah. rather see Bolter and Gipkus working together. You know, they're the future for the defence there at Richmond. Robbie Tarrant was more than serviceable last year as that third. Um, but then, you know, with Ben Miller, it's actually showed a bit of form. So they might still go Miller third defender and then Bolter comes forward. Uh, but, you know, injuries do happen. We saw Grimes go down last year. You know, Jackson, how many games can Rewalt get through this year? So, yeah, and then if they think Soldo might be too tall, if that's not working, or if there's a case where, say, Miller's form or, or any of these other guys cop injuries, I don't think he's that far down the pecking order. Like, he's literally maybe one or two injuries away from, yeah, here's your opportunity. Now, how many games that opportunity becomes, but you know, any any players a second ruck and maybe able to get a hold, even particularly if they play him against, let's say, maybe it's a weaker opposition. Let's just say it's a Hawthorne or a Giants this year or someone like that, and yeah. you know, he can get on a hold of two or three goals in a period. There, you know, we, some of these guys can bob up and get their sort of seventy, but we really he is in the discussion. If you want the one hundred and two k loophole player Madden for all year. Or do you want to pay an extra twenty one thousand for the possibility that this guy, like and we had it. last year with Port Adelaide yep. with Hayes, um, he comes in and he can play some games for us because we might need that warm body. You know, especially the perfect time would be around the buys of that because then you could cover whoever your rucks are. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a big. I think not enough people are actually thinking about him as an option, but you know, twenty thousand dollars can be a big difference on people's teams. So that's where where it gets difficult. Yeah, I think he's of of those rookies, he's probably the most likely, pending an injury, to actually get some game time. The only others that I'd you know say in the same sort of breath. What's Aiden Begg priced at? I thought at Collingwood's ruck line. You know, if someone goes down there, there's. There's some opportunity, and they also just signed that SPP player for 102 grand as a ruck. Um, now he'd be a couple of injuries away, but there's opportunity there for for an experienced um, ruck there. So, um, I think the issue is as well quickly the um, the difference between the two. So, you know, 
you've already spoken about the non-playing versus the playing possibility, but you also have, if he is your loophole, Richmond, I'm assuming, will be playing a lot earlier than GWS for most of the year. Uh, yeah, and that's well, a big fixture. That, that is, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say probably yes. Um, yeah. Well, they open the season, I mean, right? We do open so, the season. So round one, you obviously then can't use him. Um, yeah, it's, it's what Saturday afternoon, Friday night, Saturday, Friday night, the Monday, and then you know, we get, get a couple later games. So that is a a big factor that probably does come into it. That you make a really good point there, anyway. and especially because like loopholes are only really important for the first two or three weeks, right? Like. Once once those rookies start getting dropped, you end up having three yeah. or four, yeah, three or four um, donuts on your bench. And you can be like, oh, well, yeah, I, I can use this guy. I can use this guy. So a loophole is not as important as people. If, if yeah, you've got I ended up having one on each line bag, last right. year where I was doing, you know, loopholes of my M, you know, my M9, F7, and D7 every week because, yeah, you know, my D8's not playing. So, yeah. yeah. Been- well, now that they might actually be getting a game instead of, um, you know, being that sub as well and that's why we're trying to avoid having those sub players well that's the other thing too because then he becomes a sub player and then it affects his scoring all right so Mm. moving on just some draft relevant players there um the big one and that and be interested in sort of where he gets picked up because he's one of the most expensive forwards um is uh big tommy lynch the big thing for him is just disliked by the whole footy community so they probably um you know, it does slot, slot him down a few spots and that, but God, he puts up some monster score, especially against weaker opposition. Like he has was, to be the dumbest, dumbest footballer of all time. Oh, <laughs> it's not like stupid, <laughs> but yeah, when you when you were talking about like the, outside the big sort of five or six in the forward line, it really drops off. And I think he, like, there'll be people that'll look at him and go, well, there's no way he's going 94 or he's got, you know, there's injuries or there, there'll be different reasons why some people won't pick him. Um, so he might slide a little bit more than that forward line. But, yeah, some of those ridiculous scores that he put up last year, you know, he went 167, 184 and 125 in a three-week period. And then he also had a 177 later on. So as a draft, and especially if you're um, in a VC in a C league, He's the sort of guy that, yeah, you wouldn't mind having in your team because you can put the VC on him on a, any given week, which would obviously give your draft team a real real boost. So there's definitely one to think of there. Um, we, we've talked a bit about how Liam Baker and everything, and you know, we haven't even talked you know, about Ralph Smith and stuff. But the other one, draft-wise, and he seems to be sliding quite a few in drafts, and I've heard a few people talking to him, talking about him just in standard, but is Nan Curvis. Um, everyone's looking at the sort of the big dogs in in the ruck or the, the ones that are sort of more potential. But if you're in a 10-team league, there's, you know, 10 still decent rucks who can still average 90-plus. And then Curvis, like, doing a few mocks drafts, seems to get to the 8th, 9th, 10th draft um, ruck. So he's one that can be picked up real late in a draft league. And I'm pretty confident that he's going to, you know, yeah, you know, he'll he'll give it give it. What what was he last year? I think about 95, 96, something like that. So, yeah, he's 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 been pretty serviceable for Richmond. Uh, yeah, he was ninety six last year, so no reason why he couldn't do that again. There could be a potential a little bit more meat on the bone because you're hitting down to Hopper and Taranto now, so he could get to a hundred. Ben, the best thing about him uh, with Hopper as well. Uh, sorry, not Hopper, bloody. Uh, Nan Curvis is generally there's quite a good standard deviation as far as even for leagues, like for draft leagues, because I think 45% of the games he went between 80 and 100. 
So you pretty much every you know every two weeks he's at least hitting you between that marker, and then on top of that, you know, thirty six percent of the time he's going over the hundred. So it's only I think it was eighteen percent would he actually kind of let you down and get under an eighty. Now for drafts, that's definitely a pretty good thing to consider, knowing he'll just get you you know the eighty to hundred most of the time, and then thirty percent of the time as well, thirty five percent he'll actually get you that hundred, and there's not too much to lose. You you're only losing a matchup what eighteen percent. It's not too bad. Yeah, and yeah, so everyone's going naturally. Wits, Marshall, Eng- well, English Marshall, uh, that, and, and then Darcy Cameron's obviously um, a highly, highly picked, highly early player in drafts because of the forward status. Um, but then you sort of got this sort of very level playing field, and you know, your Nick Nats and your Rolios. Uh, yeah, so Nank always seems just to be a guy that's like, oh yeah, he just keeps sliding and sliding. And yeah, so if you, especially if you're in a ten-team league. If you start, if you're in a fourteen team league, it gets a bit worse because you know the, there's probably ten to twelve good draft rucks. It just falls away after that. But if you are in a ten team league, yeah, you, you don't have to go early because even if somebody takes Dan Curvis, Big O's probably there, and you know Big O's probably going to get within you know maybe even close to what Nan Curvis is because again he's got Dunkley and Ashcroft and well, the even, extra guys I to hit it's... down too. So it's probably more prevalent this year because you don't have Gorn and Grundy that are going to be taking up those big, big key spots, right? Like they were going top, top 10, top 10. And yeah. Going there's the first no round. way they're going like, unless, unless your name is um, Matt Mercer, you're not picking up Max mm. Gorn in the first round, but contentious. Yeah. I've sure. had a couple of people ask me about Nan Curvis as a standard. I think he's again, I'm not, I wouldn't start him, but if you're, got a Darcy Cameron there, either it's like wits and for whatever reason, or maybe I think it's more English. And then when English gets injured at some point or concussed or whatever, <laughs> then right. you're, then you're looking at, okay, who's the guy that's put their hand up or it's DC to C. And there's no reason why, well, maybe Nate as captain couldn't have a, like a sort of a career year, hundred or 105 in it. You never know. It might be enough to go, oh, well, he, he, he'll he get in that sort of R3, you know, the top three, four, five rucks, depending on how the other rucks are going. But it's, yeah, I wouldn't start him in classic, but definitely if you're in a draft, yeah, I'd be waiting for him and picking him up late. Rucks in the draft is going to be a funny year because imagine looking at your mates like, oh, who's going to do it? Who's going to, who's going to jump first for mm. this speculative? And you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be passing on a parish or someone else and go and take, a, a rock with That's so much risk. So true. It's like so much. people I'm are going like, to be jumping at like someone like an English, and I'm going to be like, well, I don't want a guy that's going to be playing 15 games. Like, yep. that's and the worst. Like- the worst thing you can do in draft is sign up to a guy that's going to only play 65 percent of games for the year as one of your top picks because yeah. you're basically signing away the year straight up. Now, straight and Nate's missed a few games picks. here or there, but. The thing is, like you know, he's not ever getting subbed as if they're playing two rucks because he's the captain. So, yep. oh, and if and you pick him late, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if he misses a few games. It, well, that's it. About you're picking him particularly picking early him late on, anyway. So it doesn't matter what yeah. your name is. So I, I think, yeah. I, like as I said, did a couple of mocks, and if you're picking ah, him, you can pick him maybe up. Maybe time. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, I said, sorry. Run. Sorry about bailing before. It's um, oh. Mrs. has the newborn. I've got the toddler, and apparently she couldn't find her dummies, even though there's an highlight <laughs> on. So I was like, mate, what are you doing? It's 11 o'clock, and you're absolutely crying for your dummy. Anyway. Yeah, so he he's one. And then the other one that's just worth mentioning is Prestia, uh, because he yeah. does so, have some value. Uh, that, that, Prestia is he can issue. go on runs, but his body's obviously His body. Draft slider. And, and this is where it gets interesting with, say, draft and that. So I wouldn't go early on him because you don't know how many games you're going to get out of him. 
But again, it depends on your draft season because unlike standard where we're running 23 weeks or 24 weeks now and stuff like that, you might be in a draft league 12 teams, you only play 11 weeks. So you might only need to get 11 weeks out of a Prestia. And yeah, that that might be enough to yeah. You know, even if he only plays eight games, if he's if you're picking him up as your third, fourth midfielder, and yeah, you know, he's a guy who can average you know over you know a hundred and compared to some of the other midfielders that might be around at that stage, yeah, he's definitely worth taking. If you're in a seat a draft which is more longer, then yeah, he would be one that I'd be ignoring. It's like Christmas. Don't go the half hog. Don't have three defenders, three forwards, four midfielders. What kind of draft league is that? Hmm. Bulk up, right? Have some actual protein. Ma the meatloaf, bulk up. Pick a real team. 22 players. 22 players, man. 22 it's players. the only way to play draft. <laughs> I don't care how eight, many people you have. 18, 18 players, 22. Yep. Play play like a real man, all right? <laughs> yeah. All this half ass only 10 pick rubbish. 10 teams. Cry on the inside. Who are like you? A winner. <laughs> talk, <laughs> yeah. talk about some real problems, you jackass. I love speed or comfort. Yeah, right. 18, to 18 league teams with 22 players and you're picking, you're in round 17 and someone's taking 20 minutes to make a pick. I'd just, yeah. I'd lose Fantasia. my mind. I'll take Fantasia, please. Lose my absolute mind. I was, I couldn't do it. I was saying, someone asked um, on Twitter yesterday, they're like, uh, yeah, what do you prefer, slow drafts or live drafts? I literally just I had this huge rant about slow drafts and how I will never, ever do one ever again because I, three or four days of my life just goes out the window. Just, the just, to, realize, just to realize that the, the pick that I'm waiting on just got picked the pick before, yeah, and then I've got to spend worse. another hour. No, I've spent nah. two days with that not even locked in, and it's not like, even. And it just happened in our Richmond draft, um, <laughs> where we we've got a fourteen team draft this year, and uh, so what we do is we we do the draft draw, and then you can pick your spot. And of course, you know, I was the last person drawn out, so I don't even get to pick my spot. I get whatever's left over, and I'm next to Grimo again. I think Abdul was maybe one spot. <laughs> and so. we literally just steal each other's players every time. So it's just like Grimo, it's just like just one time. I want to I want to be picked two, and he needs to be picked twelve, just so we're that far away from each other. <laughs> just absolutely ridiculous. Um, to be fair, I'm pretty sure. Grimo told you once, like, oh, hey, who are you thinking? He's like, oh, I'm thinking this person. And then you went and took oh. that person just before him. He's like, well, oh, shit, mate, I am. Yeah, he's like, well, you told me. So he's know. like, yeah, actually, that's a good like, pick and just took oh, it right from under his. Yeah, no, it's him. And I've got another mate, 40, who's a Saints man. And we do it all the time. We just keep pinching each other's place. And as you said, nothing worse. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, as we said, Richmond, very interesting in that just because you, you should have the top two guys, but the rest, you know, it's more becomes draft relevant. Fair enough. I, I think that probably that's just signed us out for that the for the podcast. So that's no, it. Thanks, nice guys. Little bit of draft we'll chat for the Richmond folk. Shout out to the Richmond chat there, Swiz. Um, yeah, talk to you soon. What have we got next? St Kilda. Yeah. Lovely. Everyone likes a Excellent. nice Ross line. That's it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Cheers. The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry. Oh!